Hey, what up fanboys and fangirls? Welcome to another edition of Talking Pop with the Franchise and Biko. It's your podcast and all things pop culture. I'm your host, the Franchise, and also joining me is my co-host, my brother from the same mother, Biko. What's up, guys? Um, today's episode is pretty much going to be, like, newsworthy. It's So, we'll kind of call it just, like, newsy bits. So, um, it's mostly, like, new stuff right now. And we also do want to make an announcement, um... Biko and I will be going to C2E2. We just got our badges in last week. So we're going to be going Saturday the 29th. Um, we're going to be, you know, it's been, what, like almost like three years since we went to C2E2 because, you know, a lot of stuff happens. You know, the problem is, don't get me wrong, I love we love C2E2, but the problem is the dates they pick, you know, kind of interferes with things we got going on. I think last year we are going to go for the 10th anniversary um, because we had we had obligations, from family obligations. Because our first cousin was getting married that time, so it was around the same time that weekend that C two two was in town. Um, the year before that, I couldn't attend because you know I was like I wasn't feeling underwater around that time. So it's like oh, it's time for us to make a comeback. You know, it's been a while since we've been to C two two. I'm looking forward to it. Um, like I said, Biko and I will be there, so we'll be walking around the floor and stuff. So I'll be dressed as Finpool. So if some of you that went to C two in the past, probably. Like our first season was like 2016, so I went in as dressed as Finn Pool. So basically, it's Deadpool wearing Finn's costume from Adventure Time. So you guys come by, you know, check us out. Um, Biko and I will be handing out business cards, so we're getting those set up, you know, with you know promoting the podcast, you know, try to get our name out there to a bigger audience. And what a better way to do it is at a pop culture convention, coinciding C2E2. So I mean, looking forward to check it out and see what who's there, what panels they have that day. Usually Saturdays are usually the busiest. Yeah, it gets pretty quiet. It gets pretty uh, packed. Um, but it's always good spirits. I don't think we've ever run to people that have caused scenes because um, everyone's pretty much there to uh, engage in the culture and, and really show appreciation. And it's always good to see like-minded individuals or people who are into the same shit that we're into. Um, and it's always a good crowd. And uh, One thing I really love about C2E2 or a lot of these comic book conventions, and mostly a lot of these are somewhat the same, but I think what really... Is, what really differs from a lot of these are are just the panels and a lot of the a lot of a lot of people who are within the industry that are really you know sharing information with the fans and obviously like that's what's important and um, we get to see we get to see a lot of different people and engage with them and then we've we've seen a lot of cool shit throughout the years attending these things and um, yeah it's just like it's uh, we need to get we're trying to get our best to get our hands on trying to go to conventions as much as we can. Yeah. It's kind of hard because based on our schedules and stuff, and um, like I said, we're like, hey, why not? Let's go to C2 to this year, you know, 2020, and plus it's on a leap year date, so it's kind of like, why do you guys are going to a convention on February 29th? So yeah, we're definitely going to be there. Um, I'm excited. You know, it's been a while. Um, right now, we're waiting, just to be honest, you guys are waiting for our order right now. We just ordered something from, like, DoorDash. We just ordered some food. Yeah, so oh, we're just yeah. waiting for that, so in the meantime, let's record while we wait for our food to come in. Um, um, like I said, this is going to be pretty much like a news-centric episode today this is episode i would say 47 right now yeah we're like three ep- no 46 i believe we're on i have to check our episode count we're in the 40s so we're like a few episodes away from episode 50 so of course we're going to plan something special for episode 50 i mean, can't believe we've been doing this for three years now so it's like wow <laughs> um pretty much um right now i'm currently because we don't got no video right now i'm describing you i'm currently wearing um my Dragon Ball Z hat, my Goku hat and hoodie right now because um, it was announced today, um, according to 
anime news network and you know also comicbook.com um bryce armstrong who was a great um voice actor um probably recognize him as the narrator for dragon ball z he was a guy you know who'll say you know, on the previous episode dragon ball z you know he did the narration he was also captain ginyu in the ginyu force unfortunately uh, he passed away this weekend um at the age of 84 you know condolences to his family i saw christopher simon um christopher simon who's the voice of vegeta and piccolo um tweeted out uh sent out a message as a tribute to him let's see if i can pull it up here here we go um dragon ball fans like a lot of fans are showing strong let's see if i can find uh chris Sabbath here yeah so it says here you know like i said um passed away this month for natural the same right now they're saying it's the age of 85 wow um, he passed through this, oh, way, this month um, from natural causes, and fans are feeling for real. Um, like I said, he done a lot of anime films. Um, he voiced Captain Ginyu, but he also did the narration. So he did the voiceover narration. Of course, a lot of fans on Twitter are paying homage to him as well. Also, Chris is sad to pay homage to him because they were they were both represented by the same agency. So because he was the one who did the narration for many, he even did the narration. Yeah, pretty much for Dragon Ball, Dragon Ball Z. Even when they did the redub of Dragon Ball. He, they brought him in to do the narration too. So, like I said, if you ever hear that voice, you know, on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z, pretty much that was him. Um, he's done a lot of voice work. Um, you know, hats off to him. You know, yeah, watching you know Dragon Ball Z on uh, Cartoon Network at the time when Toonami was in the afternoons, you could always hear his voice. But it's like, it pretty much kind of set up what the episode was going to be about. But you know, gives you like anticipation when. When he um, gives out like the tagline before the next episode was gonna come out, like the the following week, um, that was just like that voice it was like that strength, that great voice of his, and um, you know, it's, and he was Captain Ginyu, which awesome. I actually started watching Dragon Ball Z again because um, I got Funimation, I got the Funimation Now app, so I'm started watching it. Um, I'm still behind, you know, right now because I'm trying to watch that because I was waiting for like Dragon Ball Super's dub to be completed. Um, so I can go and watch that, and of course I got, you got Dragon Ball Super Broly. I absolutely had to watch that. I got that film on Blu-ray itself. Um, like I said, it's you know the anime world lost a great one. Like you know he's done a lot of voice work. He's done video game voice work as well. But like I said, he was always he always been remembered as pretty much part of the Dragon Ball Z franchise. And of course Dragon Ball Z Kakarot came out for on consoles and Steam. I believe this past Friday. So if you got, it's basically an RPG, and you pretty much play through as Goku, pretty much, and pretty much reliving all the moments from that era from Dragon Ball Z, from the manga portion as well. They added some stuff exclusive for the game as well too. So Toriyama added like a character he created for the video game. Um, her name is Banyu. She's actually the fee female member of the Ginyu Force. So that he Kirishima was involved with the per with the project, so he actually designed the character. For the game itself, of course, it's cool that Toriyama still gets involved with with uh, the character. Um, so um, let me see. Uh, looks like uh, order is pretty much here. If you want to be cool, take it away. Let me see if I can get a hold of them. They're good. Oh, I got it. Um, so yeah, we're I RIP to uh, a contributor to the DBZ lore and Dragon Ball if you guys are a fan. Um, obviously my brother's a little more equipped when it comes to anime and stuff like that but um, I, I did read that earlier today so uh, RIP to something to a uh, gentleman. Um, other things in the news I want to say is uh, we got a chance to 
hear about the results of the SAG Awards that happened, I guess, last night. Um, me and my brother were too busy watching uh, the rest of the playoffs for yesterday, at least for the NFL. Um, and mind you, I he keeps up with that. I don't really keep up with that stuff, but uh, he had mentioned to me that the Packers were playing in the, in the playoffs against San Francisco, and uh, we're from Chicago, so we fucking hate the Packers, so we were glad that they got their asses whooped yesterday. Um, they got fucking spanked. And considering that they're always, at least from what I'm familiar with, they're always going to the playoffs, and that game got to a pretty ridiculous start on the San Francisco, and that team looked, they looked good. Like, they, they're going to the Super Bowl, obviously, um, against, um, Kansas City, against Kansas City Chiefs, and that should be fun for, uh, I'm assuming, football fans, especially since the Super Bowl is like this global event, even though it really isn't, it's really in America, but they just like to pitch it that way. Uh, but it's a big event, like people, a bunch of sh people fucking watch it, and uh, we're gonna, s <laughs> and the amount of commercials that we're pitching were pretty hilarious, considering that uh, it's like a lot. The NFL is still very much out of touch with a lot of shit. Um, I mean, I know they have so many sponsors, and Pepsi considering yeah, yeah. sponsoring the halftime show. It's so funny that year after year they keep bringing back people who. And mind you, me and my brother grew up in the 90s, so, like, a lot of these, I want to say, quote-unquote, they call it legends, and it's only been, like, 20 years, but uh, these artists who made big strides in the early, in the aughts or the 2000s, going into 2010s, or 2010s, and it's hilarious that they're even getting, uh, they got J-Lo and Shakira to do it, and... Last year we had, what, Maroon 5, and how weird that was a performance, and they brought Travis Scott out, and I like Travis Scott, but it was strange for Maroon 5 to do a whole a whole set, like, from the years that we've seen the Super Bowl, we always have little drop-in surprises, um, and they use Travis Scott, but they use them because he's very, I mean, he's one of the tops in the, in the hip-hop production game, and as an artist, uh, he had a big year last year, and we've been looking to see he's going to have a big year this year. But Maroon 5, like, it was fucking weird. And now we're getting J-Lo and Shakira because they want to, you know, I don't know what they're trying to appease. But, hey, it's it's they just want to see some ass getting shaken on the stage. And who better <laughs> than have the best hips in the fucking game, J-Lo and Shakira, doing their thing. And uh, fuck it. Uh, if it's going to keep dudes dudes watching or from or my ladies out there, they want to, you know, I, I, if they want to watch this shit, go ahead. That's... The reason I watched Super Bowl because, like, the commercials and then the fucking the, the halftime show because we've had some doozies and some, some surprises uh, throughout the years, especially in this fucking decade. I mean, last... I mean, hopefully, I mean... I, like I said, I, watched, I took the liberty... Uh, like I said, I watched the Kansas City and Titans game yesterday. You know, that was... Man, Patrick Mahomes, man. The, I, I cannot... Yeah, you watched the other game. He's, like, basically, <laughs> I would say... I mean, Travis Kelsey said he's one of the great quarterbacks, but he's a, good, he's a young kid, you know... He could, he does whatever he can to help his team succeed, and I mean, and Tennessee Titans, you know, they were a Cinderella team. No one expected, you know, them to take out the Patriots, take out the Ravens, or the top seeds. But I knew it was a tough, tough test for. Oh, so they beat for the ones who beat the Patriots. Yep, Tennessee Titans. Yeah, sure. uh, like I said, it was a tough test for them, you know, you know, because yeah, you know, yeah, Ryan Tannehill. It would have been nice for him to go to Super Bowl because he used to play for Miami Dolphins and stuff. So. It would have been awesome, but like I said, you know, not discrediting the Tennessee Titans, they had a Cinderella the whole season. They they got they almost got there, so it's like, and of course, you know, like I said, like Beagle was saying that you know, 
the Packers lost. That was the one thing that kind of that both NFC North proponents saw. Rivals saw. We got Yeah, which got. is it's sorry. It's Obviously, Aaron Rodgers did not play his best game. I'm sorry. You know, we got friends that are like we got friends, even our Uncle Sal, who were. Looking forward to seeing next week um, because uh, he's a big wrestling guy. We're getting together for Royal Rumble next this coming weekend. So, yeah, he's a big Packer backer. So, yeah, I mean, I, I'm being the mature guy, being the bigger guy, and not ranting on him because I got to figure if I want to talk trash, I'll, it's better to do face-to-face than, you know. We talk trash about the Packers shit? Yeah, oh, than yeah. doing it online yeah. like everybody else has been doing. Like <laughs> our friend Grady, too, he's, like, he's yeah, a Packer we, fan. We have a lot, of, a lot of people in our life that are Packers fans, and they were – well, I think well, I could tell by the way they were saying, oh, it's like, problem is Packers went to a slow start and they started late and, you know, Aaron Rodgers was getting his ass kicked pretty much out there. I guess State Farm couldn't protect them from that. So I'm like, uh, yeah, it couldn't double check them on that one. <laughs> so like I said, hopefully the Super Bowl will be exciting. And, you know, I mean, last year, oh, dude, shit. I fell asleep. I fell never fall asleep. I never fell asleep at the Super Bowl. I didn't know yeah. when it was Maroon oh, 5. As soon as I fell asleep, we were at our folks last year and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, I'm falling asleep, and then, oh, here, introducing Maroon 5. I'm like, holy shit. You know, I slept in the first Maroon half. Five. Yeah. It was like, a lot of people were saying that was the most boring his first half, because both teams couldn't do anything. It, nothing picked up until, like, this, like late into the second half. Which I guess if you're, like, a, like if you played football growing up, and you're kind of a, a, a fan because you experienced this for the time with NBA, but... I can see it, it's impressive to see both teams hold each other off, their defenses and their offenses, but it's just kind of like, this is dumb. Like, it, it was just really boring. And, like, I didn't, I, and considering that it was uh, a Tom Brady and Super Bowl against another, another, like, suitable team, like the Atlanta Falcons, both, both big No, it was St. Louis, it was Los Angeles Rams last year. Oh, it was the Rams? Yeah. Oh, fucked out the year before, right? So, yeah. LA and, and then, I mean, Seattle? that the Falcons won the year Seattle that went there? Wasn't Seattle? No, it was uh, it was L.A. Rams and Patriots last year. And year before that was like Patriots and Falcons, and that was that oh, was. Yeah, it was like fucking nineteen ninety nine or then or ninety eight when they faced each other, the Rams and the Patriots, right? Or was that two thousand? Two thousand one, yeah, two thousand one. Oh, yeah, Super Bowl thirty six was when yeah. the Patriots and Rams, but that's when they were St. Louis at the time. Oh. And this was like the, the second time they faced each other, but the first time as the L.A. Rams. But Jared Goff, you know, he was a young guy. I mean, it was you know, but now it's like. There are all those like rumors that Tom Brady might be going. He might not stay with the Patriots. You know, there's like rumors and stuff. But I'm yeah. like, I'm not holding my breath. You know, I think he's gonna stay with the Patriots. I mean, there, it's he's too much of a franchise player. He's brought what five championships. Him and Belichick brought him five championships. I'm like, come on. Um, but like I said, I'm looking forward to uh, to see that. You know. To see, you know, that, uh, the game. So, I'm looking forward to that. And, of course, uh, Andy, uh, Biko, you're, like, a big UFC guy, of course, you know. Last oh, weekend yes. was uh, McGregor versus Cowboy. A big fight uh, for both parties in this. It was McGregor's comeback after the Khabib fight. And uh, Cowboy Cerrone has been having hell of a career leading up to this fight. And he finally got a chance to go after um, the poster boy of the UFC right now, McGregor. And, like, he was saying he wanted this fight. And... Fuck! This fight ended it so fast. Um, I was I didn't watch it live. I watched it uh, I think around midnight because it was so fast that like you could just watch the highlights. And then I, I watched the uh, full stream today. Um, and fuck, there's a there, and there's been a lot of uh, not controversy, but it's within the first twenty seconds of the fight before the wrap up they got into. Uh, 
you do notice and see that McGregor uses a tactic of um, basically shoulder bursts, and he 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 used the advantage of kind of using Cowboy Cerrone's uh, body against him by literally leveraging him into into his his shoulder, and he eventually broke his nose within 30 seconds of the fight, which I think is what really got, became a, a Achilles heel for him. And that's when McGregor was able to land off a, a kick and a punch, yeah, and, and just that, it, yeah. was it was done. Because, like, um, yeah. you know, when you break your nose, you, your eyes are automatically get water, your your nerve endings just get too sensitive. The breathing becomes like, a little bit more... We, we haven't seen that tactic uh, executed so well uh, be, the, I think the last time they mentioned that it was seen was in a, a, a John Bone Jones fight. He mm-hmm. he tried to use it, but Bone Jones is fucking like 6'5", so it's a little different considering from McGregor that he's not 6'5". Uh, but fuck, man, what a fight. It, it it was a big fight for both these guys, and McGregor taking it, I think, kind of not reignited his career because everybody knows who he is, but I think it just solidified that he is still like... The chosen one. How still elite level. Goes, like, yeah. he fucking... God, man, I... <laughs> Who, the real loser of this fight was not Cowboy. It was the people who paid that stupid $65 charge. And plus, it is funny because we got the ESPN Plus thing because of the fact that yeah. we, like us, we, 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 that. we went to the Disney, we got, we went to the Disney uh, bundle they were offering. You know, you get Hulu, Disney Plus, and ESPN Plus was $12.99 for all three. But to me, that was kind of bull that they didn't at least give us a discount or something. But I mean, I had to work that night, so I can't, I couldn't really see the fight, but I just saw the highlights afterwards and... You know, I wish I would have gave a discount, but, like, people, like, yeah, $65 just to see a 40-second fight, you know. Don't get me wrong, I love UFC, but it kind of sucks when, you know, you, you wait all these hours for the main event in order to be cut short, you know. You expected, like, three rounds, you know, like, three to five rounds, you know, of, of, of action, and it's, like, you know, 40 seconds. But, like I said, hats off to Conor McGregor. He, like I said, he proven that he's still the poster board, the face of UFC, um... We'll see who's going to be next in line for him, or who, like if he ever get a shot back at the, at the belt. You know, it's going to be a while till he gets that. Again. Yeah, I mean, McGregor McGregor's probably going to wait another few months until they're they're able to give him another solid fight. I think he, to be honest, I think we're waiting to see the Khabib uh, Khabib fight after the Khabib and um, Tony Ferguson fight. I think we're going to see whether, which I, I eventually see that whoever wins that fight is going to face McGregor. And even if, we'll, hypothetically, if Khabib loses to Tony Ferguson, Khabib will still get that McGregor rematch because everybody wants to see that shit. Um, but that I'm looking forward to that fight next because that's going to be a big fucking fight. Um, Tony Ferguson is fucking uh, phenomenal, having a great, uh, a great jump in his career, just knocking out people and submitting people in his path. And then we got Khabib, who's the other fucking elite in the in in his weight division and fuck man I'm, I'm waiting to see if they're gonna add another weight class but other than that that's another big fight that's coming up uh i didn't get to see the whole event i just checked in on that last one but uh i think that's good for sports everything else like it's pretty chill for the moment i mean we got the whole baseball scandal going on which i don't really think it's a scandal i feel like everybody does that shit it's what's it any different like the whole sign thing with the Astros and the Yankees going up about it. Uh, Bill Burr talks about it in his fucking podcast episode today, uh, so I found it very funny that they're complaining about this, especially Yankee camps where like steroids is still a thing. Like, are we fucking kidding right now for signals? But nonetheless, it was a weekend of mainly football fights and 
enjoyment. So I really hope you all had a good weekend. Um, but yeah, yeah and then um, for anyone that's a fan of Studio Ghibli, um, oh, yeah. Netflix, <clears throat> I just read today, they bought the international rights to stream all the Studio Ghibli films. To me, I see it as a little too late because that means if you have Netflix outside the U.S., uh, U.S., Canada, Japan, you'll be able to have access to two Ghibli films. Here in the U.S., um, HBO Max has the streaming rights to Studio Ghibli. So, yeah, if you want to show money for HBO Max just to get the access to, like, you know, My Neighbor Totoro, The Cat Returns, um, Kiki's Delivery Service, and many more, uh, unless you have a VPN... Like VPN service that allows you to, you know, switch your servers to another service, the Netflix service to be able to access that. But yeah, I read that today. I'm like, it's probably because our room, our housemate Mondo, like he tags me on Facebook saying, "Oh, check this out," but he forgot to read the rest of it. It's like, yeah, it was cool, but I looked. I'm like, yeah, that's for the international, outside the U.S., Japan, and Canada market. It's because HBO Max has the U.S. rights. Because it's kind of funny, you know, stuff like that where rights are different in other countries, like different regions. Like when we go to visit our cousins in Mexico, like their Netflix is different because they get access to certain shows. Yeah, man, they have really cool Netflix out there in Mexico. They got the fucking Fresh Prince. Yeah, like it's funny how season. when it comes to like streaming rights, you know. Yeah, not going to deprive us like that because we're fucking greedy. Uh, but yeah, man, it's so good to see that Netflix uh, jumped the gun into that and snatching those rights uh, around internationally before America... Because if that's what's going to happen, they're going to end up biting the bullet on that. And we'll see another, maybe another company's going to go and maybe Amazon. Who fucking knows? Uh, but that's awesome that Studio Ghibli's able to stream internationally. It's already such a big production house. They make some pretty beautiful movies. So I think that's big news. Big and news. also, too, um, if, you, um, if you're a big fan of Simpsons, you know, and um, especially... Uh, you know, one of the characters that Pooh, um, it's, um, Hank Azir did recently announce that he is, um, pretty much retiring, you know, he's no longer going to be doing the voice of Pooh on The Simpsons for now, I mean, right now, the showrunners are basically trying to figure out how to incorporate Pooh, I know he hasn't been, I think he's only been featured as a background character, hmm. it's because, I think, because the whole, um, that documentary came out, like, three years ago, by that one guy who did that documentary was pretty much, you know, put... Apu on blast, how he claimed that Apu's pretty much like giving Indian like Indians a bad name, pretty much like Hindus and all that What's, bad name. But honestly, stereotypical character. Like, I don't know if I consider him a stereotype because he's always been belo- he's always been beloved though. Like I'm, right, but it's because everyone likes a citizen, but it doesn't. It, it's like I it think it's because like of the fact that, that you know Zero was portraying him. I, I mean, I had I mean he's a yeah. I mean, Hank is a great actor. You know, he's a great actor, great voice actor. He's done so many characters, but. I kind of like for a fact that there's like, oh, you know, with all this, you know, it's he, even he like understands, you know, he understands about the whole thing. And it's like, and he's like, he said, he even said it like a few, like a year ago to after like a few months after the documentary came out, and when he was on the, one of the talk shows saying, you know, it, to, if the showrunners, you know, they want to, you know, I'm willing to stay, I'm willing to set down voice in that character, you know, and like I said, who knows? Maybe like they only tire a character to life per se, but possibly you know bring in another actor to portray the character, or you know have a poo have a relative or something that you know they can have that one dude from Netflix you know come out and do the voice you know be a recurring voice actor you know. But like I said, that's something I saw, and I'm like, oh wow! And it's like it was like over the weekend, and um, and. 
Mm, that's what I saw, and then um, like interesting. Like I said, I never seen the documentary of the problem with Apu. I've never seen it. So, like I said, it was just one of those things that I saw over the weekend that you know it just you know I think it was just said he's done with the character, you know. And it's you know I mean. Apu had his moments on The Simpsons, you know, there's times where The Simpsons actually helped him out and stuff, and, I mean, my favorite episode is when Homer tries to help Apu get his job back, or they help Apu get married, you know, help with his wedding and stuff, and, you know, and then they try to help you know, him with his kids, you know, it's like, yeah, I mean, I can't understand why people would get offended by the character, but, I mean, it's been like that for years, It's 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 been like stereotype, like, Ethnicity stereotyping in like animation or even on television has been there for years. Yeah. It's been there for years. It's like, I mean, it's like even um, if you look like the old Looney Tunes cartoons. I mean, there's so many cartoons of the Looney Tunes. You know, back in the day, you know, they you know stereotypical African Americans or Asian Americans or like Speedy Gonzalez to me, and you know, I'll, we don't say much about him, but yeah, you can say things about Speedy Gonzalez. He's basically a stereotype. Like he's making fun of Mexican stereotypes. With the heavy accent and everything, of course, Mel Blank doing the voices like Mel Blank. You know, he did so many voices, but yeah, I can say that. Oh, I have a problem with Speed Gonzalez, but of course they got um. But now they're gonna do a film, like an anime film, but a guy Henry Derbez doing the voice of the character. But it's like it's been changed for years, like to the point I kind of like what they did when Speed Gonzalez were. Remember the Looney Tunes show back in the day when it was around two thousand and six or something came out. When they decided to make it like almost like a sitcom, but with the Looney Tunes characters, hmm. and they had Speed Gonzalez, you know, they had Fred Armisen doing the voice, and he didn't give him a heavy accent or anything, and yeah, pizza, uh, Speedy um, lived with Bugs and Daffy, and he had running a pizzeria, hmm. so something different. Um, here, I just pulled the the quote from Azaria, what he said. Um, this is what he said, speaking to Slash Film, confirmed that while the future for the character of Pooh is still being decided upon. He won't be voicing the character doing it forward. He says, all we know is I won't be doing the voice anymore unless there's some way to transition it to, or something. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. I, I get it. I mean, I, but it's because we live in such a poor, polarized society online that there's people who are coming in and forget that like it's just a product of the time. And we're talking about The Simpsons being such a fucking old show that it's been running so long that maybe like it was kind of inevitable for this to kind of come up uh and there's so many other stereotypical characters they have in that show that are represented um that never really bets the eye but i think since apu had the more 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 uh i guess you could say scenes and, and stuff i think it was like one of the more he's prominent in every characters, season yeah. that it's hard it's hard to not shy away and i think hank Azaria being such a, a legend in the game when it comes to voice acting and, and regular on, on screen roles that it's just it's cool that he's kind of like he gave a, a little bit of press on it and just showing the appreciation for the character but yeah if you want to hang it up hang it up you know so I, I'm not surprised it's it's just it is what it is uh, but we'll see the Simpsons. I mean, maybe this could be the call to where some Matt Groening might hang it up. Who knows? But but I think the way it's looking right now, I saw that there's been reports that Fox is ready green lighting some animated series just to like I would say just to take over once the Simpsons eventually does end their run. Yeah. Um, and of course, I just read that you know another thing I wanted to mention that I saw like a week ago that um, Seth MacFarlane just signed like a content deal with NBC Studios so to um, produce content for them. Um, he'll still stay on with um, 
with uh, Family Guy as a producing, he'll still work on those, but technically he'll be pretty much working with NBC when it comes to new content and shows. Um, like I said, he's still going to be working on Orville, which is on Hulu. Um, like I said, I think he had off, like, Disney even offered him spots, but I just, I guess, um, he wanted to go into a different direction. So, hey, it's fun. He's doing so much, you know. It, it was, like I said, uh, remember he did early work. He was on Johnny Bravo. He did, like, writing for Johnny Bravo. Um, I mean, he was the one that brought Adam West on that one episode. He actually wrote that episode with Adam West. Johnny Bravo meets Adam West, so Cyberfire actually wrote that episode. Um, and of course, he was one of the proponents to bring Adam West into Family Guy and pretty much... Help revitalize Adam West's career and made him more, you know, most well in pop culture today. And of course, he's always going to be remembered not just Batman, but as Mayor Adam West, which was an exaggeration of his character. Um, and then uh, it looks like uh, Joaquin Phoenix um, just got the SAG Award. Yeah. That's so that's he awesome. got awarded. He awesome. And he said he uh, paid tribute to uh, Heath Ledger. Mm. That was kind of cool. Yeah, this is from IGN. Um, says uh, he won Outstanding Performance by a Male Actor in a Leading Role, like similar to when he won for Joker for the Golden Globe. Um, during his acceptance speech, uh, Phoenix paid tribute to his to Heath Ledger, who he called his favorite actor. And after telling her that was not made in the same category, for once my time that he's been in this place for 25 years and saying kind words to other nominees, Phoenix shared, really, I'm standing here on the shoulders of my favorite actor, Heath Ledger. Oh, that's awesome. So that's kind of cool that um, he paid tribute to him, you know. Like I said... You know, Heath Ledger's like one of my favorite Joker portrayals. You know, I would say number one will also be um, Mark Hamill. Mm. Number two will actually be um, Cesar Romero. Because, you know, TV's a Joker. Heath Ledger's number three. Um, and then uh, number four will be Jack Nicholson. At the great oh, Joker. For, when you play Joker and Batman. And of course, you know, Falcon Fears will be the top five, so... I mean, that film, you know, even IGN gave it a ten. You know, it's like, wow. <laughs> I'm like... That film, you know, like I said, it was like, I would say it's like, yeah, it's it's a, like, it was like a change of pace, you know. I know we did a review on Joker, but it's like, um, we talked about it before, but it's like, it's, like I said, it's one of those, you don't see many, um, or villain origin stories. Like, you don't see, like, the villain being the main focus of the film. And this is, like, one of many origins of the Joker. There's so many different origins in the comics of Joker, like, there's never been a true, you know origin from i mean there's been like inspiration from other works and stuff to create the character but to me it's like there wasn't like a really um true origin of the joker <laughs> but that was kind of cool you know congratulations on walking phoenix for that for his portrayal of joker you know and then of course like dedicating his and you know his speech to them and um and of course uh try to say what else try to see what else i saw that kind of like stood out to me um i mean i'm still like you know like tv wise it's like i've been jumping around the gun i've been watching the show blackish right i kind of caught on because it was one of those things that who recommended and it's a funny show you know anthony anderson and tracy ellie ross you know Lawrence fishburne you know it's kind of cool it's a, it's a good show i mean i mean it's like i hardly watch sitcom television now, but you know it's interesting um it's Interesting show. I mean, it's kind of cool. Um, like I said, I've been bouncing around anime as well. Um, like I said, that's the one thing when I heard about the Bryce Armstrong passing that kind of hit me hard in that one. Um, because, like I said, we grew up watching Dragon Ball Z and hearing that narration. Um, 
And of course, uh, waiting with you, I wasn't speaking of anime, um, I know when you had a limited six-day run here in the U.S. It's basically it's by the same director who did Your Name, which was a great film. Definitely recommend you guys see it. Uh, it sucks that Weather Room Review did not get nominated for Best Animated Feature. It got snubbed. Um, and it says here, according to um, the Box Office Mojo website, they report on Sunday that Weather Review earned an estimated um, two million, two million seven. Thousand five hundred twenty-three dollars from Friday to Monday, including the estimated two hundred seventy-six thousand gross for Monday in four hundred eighty-six theaters, and earned an estimated total of five million five million fifty-three thousand seven hundred seventy-three in its first six days. The film was ranked at number two for the first two days on Wednesday and Thursday, but fell to number twelve on Friday and fourteen on Saturday. Sunday box office motion portrayed the film ranked number fifteen on Monday, fourteen for the next day, January seventeenth. Holiday weekend. It had an estimated pre-screen average of 4,000. So it was like one of the good films. And it's like I said, it's by the same director. And um, like I said, when it comes to anime films, I mean, if you're not an anime fan, definitely check it out. Because, I mean, this is like this is like original animation. So it's not based on a manga. It's not based on any original. It's, just, it's, just, it's an original work. I mean, there's many films out there that are pretty much uh, original works. And then it's like this anime I just started seeing that was called... Um, it invaded. It's currently on Funimation, and pretty much, um, it's an interesting, uh, interesting concept. It's kind of like, um, it deals with the. Uh, trying to see, try to get like the whole summary here. Um, try to give a whole synopsis of it. Um, basically, what they do is they. It's basically it's in, like it sits in the future, and pretty much what it is is this agency tries to solve these cases. And what they do is. They get like these former inmates and they use them to dive in into an id, like a generated virtual simulation id, and try to pinpoint, you know, they're, they're trying to sort of solve this murder case. So it's almost kind of like similar to Psychopaths, which I need to get back on, and Psychopaths is pretty much, you know, that's kind of like, you know, the whole psychological aspect of mental behavior. Uh, like with psychopaths, pretty much what they do is um, you're constantly monitored, your brain activity is monitored, and they have a certain score or level, and they pretty much try to try to stop you before you commit any. You know, if your level, your psych level goes up to a certain level, they try to detain you before you commit any crime, basically. Yeah. And this is kind of similar to that, so that's kind of funny because they use like it's like it's there's only four episodes right now. Um, and pretty much, um, um, let's see, it says here, it says, this is one from, um, this is from one review from, uh, Anime News Network. And it says here, based on the first few episodes, most obvious within the first two episodes of Short Story by Series Writer Retired Majiro Drill Hole in the Brain, which included in the first of Del Rey's two false anthologies. I'm assuming I'm not the only person who read them. And it turned leads us to a real life story of Phineas Gage, the American Rail Worker who survived tamping. A taping iron to the skull in, in the brain in mid 19th century became one of our case of brain trauma. Episode 4 is pretty much the. This is a villain who's, who featured in the TV series Bones, the Gravedigger. So it, it takes some kind of inspiration from American television as well. But it's pretty much Idwells. That's what they call them. Like Idwells is like a. It says here, they solve the symbolic puzzle within their psyche. This is basically what it is. Um, 
That's pretty much what the agency is called a brilliant detective. The fact that a brilliant detective is a disgraced police officer who fell from grace in a particular way after the murders of his wife and child. Nishago, whose alter ego is Saikido, is both a perfect example of the quirky detective populates so much investigative fiction in a grim warning about taking a long to your hands, something that as many a fiction that has done in order to perfectly catch a killer. His willingness to embody both of the tropes of the brilliant detective as well as his actual police training makes it impossible for him to dive into it was a killer to solve the symbolic puzzles within their psyches to try to figure out what the like the killer's motivation so this is an interesting one if you got Funimation now definitely i recommend it invaded um there's a lot of new animes that came out like this winter season um that's one of the things that kind of caught my attention um of course this is uh there's another one that um i'll say it's more for adults it's kind of funny it's called interspecies reviewers so basically yeah, this is like catered more adults based on a, I believe it's a light novel or manga, um, and pretty much what it is, it's like, it pretty much, um, it's like it takes place in the universe, like a fantasy universe. It's different like races. Um, there's humans, there's elves, dwarves, you know, beastmen, demons, angels, and they all live in the same society, so they all live together, they all commune together and stuff. And what happens is, um, pretty much, uh, they, uh, there's these guys, they call themselves Dennis Pistruz, and they like to have some fun in the red light district, pretty much. And they pretty much review, pretty much, the behaviors of different species, of, th of female species, basically. And they review their, they review, like, their, they give it a review. So there's, like, dull humor in it and stuff, and they, it's, it's, like I said, it's kind of raunchy a little bit, but of course they got a little specially placed censorship because unless you're over 18 or something, <laughs> but, um, but it's kind of funny because they give reviews like saying, oh, th these girls like this kind of style or this kind of style, like they basically review based on the, their like sexual nature and stuff. That's something else that kind of like stood out to me, um, pretty much. Um, I know, uh, the Doolittle movie came out this past weekend. Um, I heard it's not doing as well. And oh, it came out this weekend? I believe it came out last weekend. Holy shit. Of course not. I like, I mean, I'm a big uh, Robert Downey Jr. fan, but it's like, it's kind of interesting him. Like, it's kind of hard for him, and especially coming from, you know, being Tony Stark for almost, like, well, how many years? Like, for 12 years. So it's like, he's this is like his big role after being Tony Stark for 12 years, but it's like, I think it was like this Doolittle was more like on the books almost. It's not like you know, like you know, there's different ones, but to me it looked kind of interesting. I mean, they had a, like a big voice cast for the animals. It looks interesting, you know. Um, and I, you know, I, we were listening to the Joe Rogan podcast with uh, Robert Downey Jr. and he talked about the whole process and stuff, what the inspiration for the characters look and stuff, how he tried to model after a person from Wales and stuff like Welsh. Yeah. And the accent and everything, the mannerisms, and you know, and I mean, if you're a big family person, I would say definitely go see the film. Like, of course, a lot of like Corner Ron Tomatoes, the audience is giving it a higher score versus the critics. But I would definitely like, I would give you a shot, guys. You know, like I said, you know, and of course, so there's a big thing saying, you know, Joe Rogan was asking him if he was there, if he decides to come back as Iron Man. But I think Robert Dodger said for himself, it's like. It's like hanging up your jersey. It's like in sports. Like after being in the game for so long, you're hanging up your jersey. It's like my motivation is to come back and put it back on. Yeah. I mean, 
I understand, you know, we would love to see him back as Tony Stark, but it's like it's almost like it's good to see it's good to see what you no know, Marvel's this Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to be now. Because right now we're gonna got Black Widow coming now soon. We got New Mutants. Well, New Mutants will take place in the cinematic universe, but um, we got the Internals. And supposedly, what I heard, what I read, the Internals is gonna take place basically after Endgame, basically. Yeah. So it's gonna take place in the in this timeline wise after Endgame. So basically, they're gonna be aware of you know of what happened, and pretty much they're like I would say it's more like their reaction to it to the events. And like I said, um, there's so many things they got to plan for the next team-up. So we'll see. I mean, hopefully, I'm like Black Panther 2, hopefully. They, um, what you call it, they do with Namor. Which is because mm-hmm. that, that line that Okoye said in Endgame where it said there was activity in Lack Ocean, but there was something we could look at that into it later. And I know a lot of people did. A, there was a fan poster called uh, Black Panther 2, The Two Kings. So it could be like, you know, T'Challa versus Namor. It'd be kind of cool. I've and they do get the rights back to Namor. They actually do got the rights to the Submariner. So they kind of yeah, cool because he was one of the earliest like. Anything with it for a while. He's one of the earliest, you know, Marvel characters. He was more like an anti-hero because he's always at odds with the heroes. Yeah. But there's some cases where he does help. He does align with them, or in cases. And I heard like, oh yeah, T'Challa had a lot of like based on the comics. He did have like, some history with um, Namor. There are times that they do they did butt heads. And of course, um, the big thing was um, the Morbius trailer came out. The what? Like the Morbius trailer, the first teaser from Morbius. Oh. Okay. It's coming out this year, and um, it's the first you know, Marvel, um, Sony's uh, Spider-Man Cinematic Universe. Um, it's and it's funny because and then um, you know, it's Jared Leto. I mean, I'm not discrediting him as an actor. He's good. He's great. Love 30 Seconds of Mars, of course. One of my favorite bands. Um, it looked interesting because it's like... I like for the fact that... You know, the character Michael Morbius... I, I don't know... I, I know he's like a Spider-Man villain, but sometimes he's also known as an anti-hero as well. I would say I put him down the lines as an anti-hero. Because he gets the powers of Vampire, but he had a condition as well. But here, they kind of cool how they made it. And, I mean, like, he had a condition. He was doing research and stuff for a blood condition and stuff. He ends up doing this experiment. He experiments with more bats. And, of course, he becomes a vampire. But he becomes strong by absorbing blood and stuff. And he uses it to his advantage. And then, the one... I know you're not a big fan of trailers, Pico. But I think the no, big... I fucking hate trailers. <laughs> do you want to see it right now? No. Because so, I'm going to spoil... For, you want me to spoil what happens at yeah, the end of the trailer? Yeah, so, spoiler for you guys, if you've not seen the trailer, um, that pretty much turned everybody around. At the end of the trailer, you know, he's walking, I think he's walking to a lab or something, and who turns around? Michael Keaton turns around. It didn't say his name, he's wearing a lab coat, and of course, you know what happened to him, he was, you know, tunes from Homecoming. And it kind of opened like, really? So that means they can cross over. That means that, that the Sony Universe and the Marvel Cinematic Universe are sharing. So a lot of people are saying, oh, how does that happen? And then, of course, people, fans started pointing out um, in Homecoming when that one post-credits scene where you see uh, Adrian Toomes like, walking. He's being escorted by the guards before he talks to Scorpion. You see a guy with a beard walking by with the long hair. People are thinking that's Morbius. Like, he, was already, he already made his appearance in the Cinematic Universe already. Yeah. There's, like, theories, but like I said... um. 
like I said, it's one of the first like films that, that that's not focused on Spider Man, besides Venom. And of course, we got Venom too. So, I mean, that'd be interesting to see. I mean, the only time I saw Michael Moore like the character Michael Moore was during the Spider Man animated series by Fox. Because mm. they used to feature him a lot on there. Because they had like almost like a four episode story arc with uh, Michael Morbius. Like it leading to his, like, his origins and how he got his powers and stuff. And of course he's running with Blade and Spider-Man. I think it's awesome. I mean, I, I, I think it's cool that they're at least like throwing in more other, other people that are going to get movies. And I don't really mind them casting Jared Little as Morbius. Because he's an interesting character about his own right. So it's going to be... I mean, it's, it comes out in the summer or something, so I'll probably watch it. Yeah, and then we're finally going to get New Mutants, finally. They're finally going to release staff to them. You know? it's been, oh. That thing has been delayed for like two years, and finally you get to see it. And I just found out, um, if you guys are watching Disney+, Plus, and I've been watching like the world according to Jeff Goldblum, and they just announced that, um, that they got renewed for season two. Oh, sweet. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, he got renewed for season two. I still gotta watch the like the last few episodes of it of the first season, but the, the, I think the season finale is this week. I think it is. So I'm looking forward to that. I mean, it's a great show. Definitely recommend you guys because um, it's produced by National Geographic. So definitely check it out because it's kind of because he focuses on every. He takes a pretty much any topic. And that's all he does, he talks about that particular topic, which is like I think he did one. I saw one. He did a video gaming. He did on like barbecuing, grilling. Um, he did one on on uh, tattoos. Mm. That was a good episode too. The one he did on tattoos was really good. Talk about the sneakers, like the shoe industry. He did one on jeans. Pretty much on denim. So um, definitely. Um, of course, it's Dr. Malcolm X. I mean, and of course, he was on the fly. And, um, but it's kind of cool seeing him, like, doing, like, projects, you know. And, you know, like I said, definitely check that out. That's on um, Disney+. Plus. Um, and, of course, uh, I know Disney+, Plus. I know they're getting slack because they haven't they've been taking, like, stuff off. If there's a licensing agreement already? and stuff. No, not already, but, they, you know, in the last few weeks, uh, they took, like, Remember, people went crazy when Home Alone one and two were taken off, and because of the licensing rights and stuff. So they already took it off. I don't know if oh, they're moving. Like I don't know if they're just moving it to. I think it's because of the licensing agreements. Mm. And I just saw they announced that you know Lion King's coming out either later this month on Disney Plus, sure. the live action version, mm. and then um, Toy Story four is going to come out February. Disney oh, Plus. Cool. It'll be available on Disney Plus as well. Mm. And I saw online people were asking like I mean. People on Twitter is asking Disney to add the following shows. I saw they had Corey in the house. They added they wanted uh Kick Bata- uh Kick Batowski on there and some other shows that used to be like in like Disney Junior Originals. I mean I haven't been on Disney Plus for a while, so Disney Plus for a while, so pretty much um I haven't been on there for a while. I've been trying to catch up on Clone Wars because I know Clone Wars season the last season of Clone Wars will be available I think next month. The seventeenth on Disney Plus, and definitely, yeah. Right now, our little furry friend is going crazy right now because we just like got our food out. But <laughs> so, um, like I said, um, do you have anything on Reddit dude that you see that pretty much? Yeah, you... I just picked found some bullshit. Oh um, great! Well, these old heads keep spitting out, but here we go. The same old record, plain played, just a different day. 
So I guess there's like a sound. I, I don't know. I think Biden, Joe Biden, uh, Democratic presidential uh, candidate running to get the nomination. Uh, former vice president alongside uh, our former president, Barack Obama. He, uh, I guess, was on a campaign trail thing. It was either, I think it was announced today because it was reported today. Mm -hmm. uh, but it states, and he states, let's see who's, first of all, I want to make sure that the source they're getting it from. Because the headline states that Joe Biden calls game developers little creeps who make titles that teach you how to kill because he's an old soul. Uh, no, let me, I'm going to pull up the article, uh, text Here we go again. Hold on, because, like, I, wanna, I don't want to provide bad context to what he's saying. Okay. Especially if these reports, because obviously fake news. Um, I just hate So, text spot, if you go on text spot, it might just be on the top article of the morning. But it says, uh, <laughs> they're calling a hot potato. <laughs> um, and there's, like, a caption where a picture of Joe Biden standing there staring into the sky. And it says, politicians rarely have anything good to say about video games. And former U.S. Vice President Joe Biden is particularly unimpressed by the industry, calling developers he met at the White House creeps and arrogant who make games that teach people kill, which is bullshit. Uh, Biden, who is currently campaigning to become the Democratic nominee for the 2020 election, shared his opinions in an interview with the New York Times. Oh, so they're just bouncing off the New York Times report post. Oh, okay. Uh, when asked about Silicon Valley's expansion of power during its time in the Obama industry, or administration, he says... And you may recall the criticism I got for meeting with the leaders in Silicon Valley. When I was trying to work out an agreement dealing with them protecting intellectual property for artists in the United States of America. And at one point, one of these little creeps sitting around that table, who was a multi, or close to a billionaire, who told me he was an artist because he was able to come up with games to teach you how to kill people. That sounds weird. Anyways, as for which game executive Biden was referring to, told you, um, was referring to as a creep, Kotaku, which I'm just, it's that um, publishing house. Yeah, it's um, that one site that does uh, everything. Yeah, they do reporting to has some theories about who the person might be, including EA's then CEO John. I'm gonna butcher this last name. Uh, Richard Tello, Richie Tello, which sounds like an Italian name. And then one of these righteous people said to me, and I'm still quoting Biden, said to me that you know, we are the economic engine of America. We are the ones. And fortunately, I had done a little homework before I went, and I said, you know, I find it fascinating, Biden continued. As I added up to seven outfits, everyone there but Microsoft, I said, you have fewer people on your payroll than all the losses that General Motors just faced in the last quarter of employees. So don't lecture me about how you created all this employment in game development. The point is, there's arrogance about it. An overwhelming arrogance that we are, we are the ones. We can do what we want to do. I disagree. So he's basically just talking about shit about Silicon Valley, and he sounds very strange that he's comparing layoffs in game development to the auto industry and General Motors, which they st we still haven't seen a pickup in Detroit or in Lenoville, Michigan, because of it. That's laid off people. So he's saying that compared to that. Now, two things. Game developers, they all work for big game, what, big gaming houses? EA, Activision, all these people, Ubisoft. But it's like those executives cut off people, but they overwork the shit out of them. So it's yeah, like, it's like where, what what do you talk about like comparing layoffs to that to where the car industry is? It's been like producing I'm, shit that hurts the environment, regardless. Comparing to video games, which essentially is an has not been this, has not been psychology linked to, to yeah, my, it's, to my it's behavior. It's been scientifically proven. Like, that's how, that's what the, this is. What kind of annoys me? So I'm sorry, old. guys, for ranting, but so old. It, it annoys me is because it's the same old technique. 
Bash video games. Bash video games. This they has bash, nothing to do with it. It's nothing to do with it. Um, people go to school. They go to art schools to learn video game development. They go to yeah, college to learn. So you're saying you're pretty much calling every person that goes to school to learn something they love, they grew up playing with, Air a creeper. Creepy. You're pretty much some creepy. Where people don't realize, Telltale Games, they had to lay off. They pretty much shut down. So they had to lay off all their crew, all their workers, all their developers. Pretty much they had to go find jobs somewhere else. And all their assets went to other companies. Yeah, pretty much, but still. Yeah, no, no, no. Yeah, he's not mentioning that. I mean, there's some times where studios do have to shut down. You know, they do, do the layoffs, do the budgets. You know, it, it happens. Um, and then they sing all oh, because of the car industry. It's not like that. People don't want to drive. It's like, you know, cars are freaking pricey. You know, do you think we work enough living to buy a car? And the way, you know, depending what state you live in, the taxes are, it depends on that as well. It's not just, you know... And it just kind of annoys me for the fact that you're going to go and use video games as a scapegoat instead of addressing the direct issue. Yeah. It's, it's and, like, and what does this have to do with our major issues in this country today that no they talk about don't the, want to talk about? Honestly, leave video games out of it. Like, politics, leave it out. Politicians, I don't care if you guys are listening. Of course, we got a lot of people and their fans on the East Coast who are probably politicians. Who knows? But listeners. But talk about what's going on in the country. Don't talk about what's going on in entertainment. Talk about your old economy in general. What's going on? What are you going to do about that? Don't worry about video games. Honestly, if you think about it, video games are helping the economy at least. At least your people are staying home playing video games and going out buying guns and shooting people up. Yeah, it's just, it's just so weird. It's, such a it's just story. honestly, it's, that's what annoys me. It's the same, like everyone uses the same. Oh, video games are bad. It, it, that's what I hear because it's like, come on, it's it's been overused, it's overdrawn. It's like, hey, if people want to be creative, people want to make pieces. You know, people want to be artists. You know, this is like their way to show their art, show like their passion, their you know desire to succeed. I mean, come on, like. Untitled Goose Game? That doesn't teach you how to f- kill people. <laughs> it's a fucking goose. It's a freaking goose wrecking havoc and causing mischief. You're gonna call that, like, how to kill people? Oh. I think someone put it on Reddit saying, Oh, look at this game showing people is showing a goose taking the plane from a kid. I'm like, what the fuck? I'm like, yeah, it's, like it's like, oh my god. It's honestly, when I saw about that too, I heard about them, like, read about them, like, are you serious, man? Come on, Biden. He's dumb, dude. Oh. He's doing the same thing with marijuana and, like, this just old news. Old news on things that don't matter at the end of the day, like, that people are still complaining about. Like, it's just these old crackhead fucking politicians that their only job to do is to lie to us. That's their only fucking job. And they and they do it, and they still... And it's just to distract on other issues that are not important. Like, come the fuck on. Really? What is this? 1994 Mortal Kombat just fucking came out again? Like, this is stupid. And, and mind you, like... I won't steer away from the Silicon Valley thing because it, that is becoming a problem uh, because it's causing a lot of homelessness, not not in, not directly, more or less indirectly, and, and we're seeing this effect uh, in places like Seattle, and Portland, San Francisco being ridiculously overpriced on things, and and that and it's just pricing away from people who just want to try to get by, and Silicon Valley is becoming this thing to where it's like that's our industry. So I, I understand where he's coming from in the sense that he's trying to direct it into Silicon Valley. But to call the, all the game developers creepers, to call all these people who at the end of the day are creating art, and he can't able... He, you meet one fucking round table from one development house, and you call him a creeper. One development house? So, oh, fuck it, we'll just throw him in. It's typical boomer shit. Typical, not even boomer, I hate to say that. Typical... 
closed-minded ignorance when it comes to realizing that without art, these people can't push shit. Nobody can push a business. Nobody can do this without art, without artists. And you're saying they're creepers? Look, what they do at the end of the day when they clock in and out is on them. All right? I don't care what the fuck they do. But to go into their office, they're showing you around so you can get a little more exposure into how Silicon Valley works or how these development houses work. And you, and you sit there because, and you base it, this creepness off of what? What exactly? So the New York Times, for breaking this story out, say what you will, but it's very interesting that Biden's continuing on this whole retroactive platform of it's leading to this and leading to this. He told me that, like, Oh, so suddenly somebody wants to get a high and they're going to go play video games at home. What's the worst they can do? Order a pizza late? Like, that's that's essentially what's going to happen. So it's just, it's so funny that Joe Biden is again on the news for stupid shit. And especially when the primaries are coming up fairly soon and we're going to be electing. So it's just get, Biden, go to sleep. Go to sleep somewhere, bro. You're good. Just sit this one out. Like, I don't know why you're still running. Like... The only, the only reason people st- your relevancy popped up again is because you were running mate with Bi- with Obama, like I know you've been in the po- politics game since the eighties, but what the fuck, dude? Like you're you sound ridiculous. I'm just like you I'm, sound worse. You sound more like if not as ridiculous as Trump, and this is funny, but like man, okay. Also, too, I wanna and like let's go back to the lighter note just to close out today's episode because it's been, like I said, guys, it's been like a use. Use the episode. I mean, probably next week. Um, like oh, I said, man. um, there's something I do want to do on a lighter note. Um, you guys don't know January 17th was Betty White's birthday. She turned 98. Oh yeah, birthday. I guess I'm watching Golden Girls, man. Everyone yeah. keeps. I, I gotta watch that show. But it was kind of cool because it's funny because um, it's like Ryan Reynolds and uh Sandra Bullock are fighting for Betty White's uh, affection because I, if you guys remember during that one movie, oh, what was it called? Damn, what was that one movie they were on? I'm trying to remember. Who? Betty White, all that. I guess they were all in the movie together. Oh, the proposal. Betty White and uh. It was Betty Ryan White, Ryan Reynolds, and Bullock. Remember that one oh, proposal yeah, with uh? It's all right. Yeah, with him and Sandra Bullock. Yeah. Yeah, it's a pretty funny movie. So yeah, she turned ninety-eight. Yeah, dude. Betty White's still killing it, man. No, she's still working strong. I mean, that's kind of cool. Like you know, and I've seen people like showing, because she actually served on the volunteer group in during World War Two, so she is a veteran. And it says here, um. Right now, she's doing right now, it says here, White still has an actor career. She voiced um, Bitey White in Toy Story 4. The spinoff series, Forky Asked Question. And Sandra, uh, Sarah, Wander Woozy in Trouble. She has appeared in the TV show, Fireside Chat with Esther. Um, and it's just like, yeah, it's just their messages. Uh, they're sent out to her, to, like, love and stuff. And, um, and it's funny because it says Ryan Reynolds, uh, because Ryan Reynolds is a fan of Golden Girls, because Deadpool's a fan of the Golden Girls as well. So he he does wishes to her like as you know as Deadpool. So yeah. that's kind of funny. It's like a little live side, but yeah, I definitely a lot of people show their love for Golden Girls. I think right now it's on Hulu right now, so it's kind of. It's I saw like the first few episodes. It's, it's funny. I mean, it was like in the eighties, but it's like, you know, that's something that's kind of cool. I would say that would be kind of cool to do a show like that, but you know, due to Golden Girls, but with like you know, I would just have. Just do like you know the older woman our, our generation now, so it's like something like that almost. Is that Betty White be like the mom this time? <laughs> yeah, for real. So like her, like the him, what's her name? Oh my god, she was so funny on that show. It was like um, Dorothy's mom. I forgot her name, but she was always quick with Sophia. the Sophia. Sophia, she's always quick with a joke. Like she automatically 
Chris, I gotta go back and watch that show again. Um, Biko, anything like you can recommend, like viewing wise, that you've been watching um, recently? I I ended up watching the Aaron Hernandez documentary that Netflix produced, so it's an original documentary by them. Um, it, it's a it's it's a mini series. It's three episodes, about an hour and minutes each. It goes by fairly quickly because the pacing of the documentary is okay, um, but. I, I personally didn't know about him a lot when it came to the NFL, so it was different, but um, he was um, accused and later convicted for a murder he did in 2013 or 14 when he was a big star in the Patriots, and while he was going through trial and investigation, he played a whole season with them, and like nobody said shit. Like, it was, it was crazy that it was all happening, and... Um, and then they provide, they provide a little more glimpse on his personal life growing up and other things resulting into why he did something like this. And he, he, he passed away in jail. Uh, he took his own life. But it was a good glimpse into seeing that. Because that, all that shit was happening so fast and nobody really knew why. Or I think it was, I mean, it might have been a big thing on ESPN, but, like, I didn't really care for all that NFL stuff, so I didn't know this is a thing. So it was interesting to see, and I've been looking for a documentary. Uh, I wanted something to watch on a Sunday when I wasn't doing much, just kind of relaxed. And so I I recommend that uh, as far as watching that is concerned. I, uh, I've also been watching, I finished uh, the first season of Fleabag. I, I I repeatedly go and watch Fleabag again and again because I love that show. Um, I recommend watching it if you have Amazon Prime and go on Instant Video. Yeah, it is. It's a great show. Um, probably one of my favorites from the past decade that's really got me and I, I fell in love with the girl and the show itself. So I, I couldn't recommend it enough. Uh, definitely check that out for sure. Yeah, speaking of Prime, I watched the Russell Peters um, special, Deported, mm-hmm. when he went to Mumbai. Dude, I was I was laughing last night. It was freaking awesome. I, I love Russell Pierce. He's a funny guy. Um, it's kind of funny. I've been noticing there's a trend. A lot of comedians are going to Amazon for their specials. So I don't know if it's because of Netflix or lesser. Who knows? Because like Jim Gaffigan went to watch Netflix. You know, he used to be on. He went to he went to Amazon. On Amazon, yeah. yeah. Um, it's because Amazon needs to they need to boost up their comedy uh, game like. I know uh, Alonzo Bolden released his his stand-up special on Amazon as well. So, like, they're, they're really... They're, and I think there's a lot of, like... To, there's a lot of films people. coming out. There's one called... Yeah. Uh, Jim Gaffigan's called uh, Troop Zero right now. Yeah. They've been promoting that right now. There's one. There's a movie called uh, The Cover-Up with uh, Madam Driver. Hmm. Looks interesting. It's an Amazon original. Of course, I can't wait for The Boys. They come back with season two. Oh, yeah, there's a new, there's a new season, right? And then, of course, we've got the Lord of the Rings series. And, like I said, there's, like, Amazon's upping up, like, they're upping up their content game as well. So, like I said, that's something, you know, like I said, right now, like I said, I've been bouncing up and down. I've been catching up on the Goldbergs. I've been catching up on school. Like, the current shows are all... Single Parents is a good show. Um, if you're... It's by the, one of the co-creator, uh, one of the creators of uh, New Girl. Hmm. Uh, Elizabeth Merriweather. She worked on New Girl. Um, it's kind of funny, um, it's basically, you know, the whole premise is, like, Terry Kim was in it, um, Brad Garrett's in it as well, it's basically this group of parents, they get together, kids go, go to the same school, and it's basically single parents, and they're basically like a friend group, almost. Oh, that's pretty cool. And Brad Garrett's in there, so it's kind of funny, I mean, it's, it's, it's a comedy, and it's a single, one of those single camera comedies, so there's no, like, studio audience and stuff, so it's like, one of those, it's kind of similar to, like, Modern Family and stuff, but Modern Family is more like a mockumentary, but, um... 
But definitely check it out. It's on really Wednesdays on ABC. We can catch up on Hulu. Um, and, of course, Hulu as well. I just saw Hulu is announcing a lot of original series as well. They're coming soon. There's, like, an animated show coming out soon as well for Hulu as well. And, of course, um, I had to watch the last season of Runaways because the Runaways ended. But the whole It's because the whole TV had changed on Marvel's television and stuff. So, definitely, um, definitely check it out, guys. Um, like I said, this has been, like, a news... Newsy style episode this week. Um, like I said, we're gonna uh, we're gonna have Uncle Sal come over on Sunday. Hopefully, to see if we can get him on and talk about you know. Because actually, we him actually went to the World um the Survivor Series back in November. So I'm gonna see. Yeah, y'all went over there. We went over there. We'll probably talk about that. And of course, you know, we have the World Rumble. Of course, which honestly was one of my favorite events because you know who doesn't love an over the top rope thirty man battle royale? And of course, you got the women's as well. So it's like. It's going to be in the Midway Park, so it's going to be home of the Astros. So they're doing the whole, doing it baseball stadiums now. It kind of started with, you know, they did it in Arizona like a year ago. So, so it's interesting to see. Um, it's been like a lot of talks of who's going to be the favorite winning that the Royal Motor Course. Brock Lesnar, even though he's the WWE champion, will be in the Royal Rumble. And according to Paul Heyman, his advocate, he's going to be starting at number one. So we'll get to see, of course, um, CM Punk uh, will be on WWE Backstage tomorrow. He announced on Twitter that he'll be on there on the Fox uh, Backstage show. Yeah. I know and then pa- I know him and Paige, you know, the co-hosts on that show. Um, and then we talked to them. You know, people are asking if, because it's funny because I, uh, what was that, um, CageSideSeats.com. Um, they, there was a ranking thing of odds are who be the rumor and Punk's name was on there because you never know who will show up because I know only 19 entrants confirmed are going to be in the World Rumble for the men's. So you're just leaving like, you know, like 21 spots. Hmm. And you know Royal Rumble does always surprises. And of course, um, if you're a big fan of NXT, of course they're doing that Worlds Collide event on this Saturday. It's going to be NXT versus NXT UK. So it's like the both, um... It, both uh, promotions under the NXT banner will be going at it. So you'll see the Undisputed Era taking on um, Imperium. So that'd be interesting to see. You're pretty much the pretty much USA versus UK, pretty much. Um, interesting to see how that goes. Um, it's called Worlds Collide. It's going to be taking place the night before the Royal Rumble. And honestly, I'll say that's all I got. You know, like I said, next week we'll get Sal on. We'll get our Uncle Sal on. And we'll get him on next week. And then, like I said, we're going to try to get our buddy Ivan to make an appearance because, like I said, he was one. Our interview with him was one of the top episodes. So, I mean, like I said, uh, we got C two E two later next month. I mean, Rome's heading into February already, and of course, Biko's birthday's uh, next month as well. But yeah, we'll love to do like a C two E two reaction, like a retro, like a yeah. pretty much our reaction C two E, like a review on it and what we like and stuff. So we'll talk about that as well. And like I said, if you guys are planning to go C two E two, definitely look us up. Um, like I said. Um, I'll be the one dressed as Deadpool, wearing Finn from Adventure Time, if you remember Adventure Time. Um, and like I said, we'll be handing out cards to help um, support the podcast. Yeah, it'll be fun. So it'll be fun to meet you guys if you listen to the podcast and or if you're you know have you want to listen to something you know another source of pop culture good goodness. Like I said, check out our backlog of episodes on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and whatever podcast platform you listen to. Um, you can also follow us on Facebook. Uh, we have a Facebook page. It's facebook.com slash talkingpop. You check us out there. We post links to the episodes or pretty much any announcements for the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at TheFranchise85. 
Um, it's all one word. Um, use the hashtag TalkPop if you have any questions or topics you want us and to discuss um, or answer on the air. Um, like I said, if you guys want to do a shout out, you know, let us know. We'll mention the person's name you want to give a shout out to. Um, we also have a store. Check us out. It's teespring.com slash talking pop. We got merch. We got shirts, t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies. Um, we got coffee mugs. We got stickers. Um, we pretty much got like a, a Samsung case or a phone case, iPhone case. So definitely check that out. And like I said, any money, any merchandise you can buy, you know, supports our podcast. And like I said, we're only sponsored by Anchor, which I, we do appreciate Anchor for helping us out. With the sponsorship and, you know, helping us get our message out there to different platforms. So, hats off to Anchor for helping us out. Um, like I said, that's all I got. Anything, any closing remarks, Pico? Um, hopefully, you guys check out uh, Disney+. Plus. Um, I don't know, just keep checking out new stuff coming out. Hopefully, 2020 is going to bring on some more, more uh, material and a lot more shows to check out or movies. Um, I'm excited to see uh, what the Marvel Universe takes out for this year if, and hopefully things stick and hopefully it's quality that we can get behind. And I'm just looking to looking forward to new shit. And hopefully original ideas being portrayed, not a bunch <laughs> of reboots and bullshit. I'm just I'm hoping 2020 becomes a good year for everything involved, for everything around. And hoping you you guys had a good weekend. Um, enjoy yourselves wherever you are in the world, and uh, we hope to hear from you guys soon. And please keep supporting us, and we'll gladly provide more content for y'all. And to our Indian friends, Namaste. Oh yeah, namaste. Thank you so much from the country of India for listening to our podcast. Um, namaste, and um, that's all we got. As always, geek on and take care. Hey, it's the franchise from Talking Pop with the franchise and Biko. Just let you know, we have a storefront. It's teespring.com/talkingpop. We got shirts. We got tank tops for men, women, kids. We also got hoodies and sweatshirts. Um, we actually have coffee mugs, and we have an iPhone case and a Samsung case with the Popstarnot logo on there. Also, we have stickers, so you can put on your locker, on your laptop, whatever you want to put those stickers on there. So right now, if you go to teespring.com slash TalkingPop, and when you go to check out, use the promo code TalkPop and save $5 on your order. Support the podcast. As always, geek on and take care.